Well, good morning. Our call to worship is uh, the very familiar summons uh, in Isaiah chapter 40. Uh, the prophet uh, tells us all flesh is grass and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field, but the grass withers and the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass, the prophet says. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. As we take time now to confess our sins to God, listen to this prayer by the Puritan Matthew Henry entitled, We Are Ashamed. And as you listen, make it your own prayer of confession before the Lord. We are ashamed, Lord, and we blush to lift our faces before you. Our sins increase over our head, and our trespasses rise up to the heavens. To us belong shame and confusion because we have sinned against you. How can we answer you? If it would help, we would lay our hands on our mouths, put our mouths in the dust, and cry, unclean, unclean, with the leper under the law. When our eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, we have reason to cry out, Woe to us, for we are undone. Dominion and fear are with you. You are a consuming fire. Who knows the power of your anger? Who may stand in your sight when once you are angry? If we try to justify ourselves, our own mouths will condemn us. You who are greater than our hearts know all things. We ourselves know that we have sinned, Father, against heaven and before you, and are no more worthy to be called your children. But there is forgiveness, mercy, and redemption with you. You will not despise a broken and a contrite heart, though you are the high and the lofty one that inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. Though heaven is your throne and earth your footstool, Still you will look to the poor and humble person who trembles at your word. You revive the spirit of the humble and the heart of the contrite. The ones who cover their sins will not prosper, yet those that confess and forsake them will find mercy. You have said that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. The reading of the scriptures from Jude, reading verses 24 and 25. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, and now and forever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, please uh, join me for another time of prayer. Father in heaven, we bow before you in worship and praise and adoration, uh, acknowledging the greatness and the glory of our God in heaven, our Father, maker of all things, in the heavens and the earth and the sea. 
Uh, we worship and praise uh, thy Son who came down from heaven for us and for our salvation, who entered Jerusalem riding on a donkey, not to be crowned with royal diadems, but to be crowned with thorns, as he would give himself the righteous one for the many sinners. We are thankful this morning, Father, for the gift of your loving kindness to us, for the gift of salvation in Christ, for the forgiveness of our sins, for the peace we have with God, and for the access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We are thankful, too, for the gift of prayer through which we can make our requests to you, knowing that you hear our prayer and do exceedingly abundantly of all that we can ask or think. Uh, to that end, Lord, we, we pray for your blessings upon us, our worship and our service to you and to others uh, through our many callings and vocations. We pray for our daily bread and the supplying of all our needs according to uh, your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And for faith to walk through every difficult and hard circumstance of life, even these days of pandemic, we pray that we might walk through without being anxious uh, for anything that uh, concerns us, uh, only that we might be concerned for the welfare of others, our loved ones, our church families, the missionaries we support. Uh, with special regard to the spread of this coronavirus, we pray for mercy uh, to us, to our loved ones, for protection, especially for those at greater risk because of age or other health factors for protection of the many doctors and nurses and first responders attending uh, the needs of the sick. Uh, for our government leaders, uh, we pray for them wisdom as they set policies and marshal uh, resources uh, to deal uh, with, again, the care of the sick. We pray for the outreach and the growth of the church in these days through the preaching of the word, through the sharing of our faith, through acts of mercy and love to our neighbor. We pray that as you are sovereign over all things, that you would bring this outbreak to an end, but accomplish your purposes for us in it, purposes that are wise and good. And now, Father, bless your word to us, and bless Phil as he holds forth from us. Uh, the writings of Jude, that it might be profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, for training in righteousness, that we might be complete, equipped for every good work. Amen. Thy will be done. Lord, hear our prayers. As you know from um, the liturgical calendar of the church, uh, we are... Uh, beginning uh, what is uh, called Holy Week, uh, starting with the remembrance of our Lord's triumphal entry into Jerusalem, uh, and of course concluding uh, 
uh, with his crucifixion and his uh, resurrection. Uh, ponder for a moment our Lord uh, riding into the city, uh, knowing what awaits him. Certainly kind of a cheap parallel is the danger of our own times uh, with uh, the danger of this uh, health issue. Uh, and many are pondering uh, their health. Uh, Christ uh, sets all of that aside and uh, goes to the cross. And uh, you and I know, of course, that the only real safety in life uh, comes from all of the benefits that he procured for us on the cross. Uh, it's not to say that Christians won't die of this virus, but if they do, uh, he has made them safe. Uh, and that safety, uh, again, is, is tied to the cross. Uh, everything that he procured for us on the cross uh, and there is a beautiful picture of uh, that in our, in our text this morning. Uh, it is really the praise of God uh, because of uh, what Christ has done for us on the cross. goes beyond Christ to the Trinity, uh, but I want us to focus, uh, among other things, uh, all that he procured for us. And certainly one thing he procured for us is our safe passage through dangerous times. And we are in dangerous times. Uh, the entire context of uh, the book of Jude is uh, the inauguration, the beginning of the end time tribulation uh, that has uh, the presence of uh, false teachers. Uh, and false teachers are everywhere. And they make the world a slippery place. Uh, they make the world uh, an incredibly dangerous place. Uh, I, I think it's somewhat ironic that we're fixated upon a, a virus, but uh, greater danger is from false teaching. Uh, and that is really the danger that is the entire context of the book of Jude. Uh, and uh, like our Savior, uh, he makes no promises to vacate us from trials. Uh, he didn't uh, vacate his own trials, and uh, we are his sons. Uh, we live a life that, uh, in a magnitude, is uh, parallel to his. Uh, but what he does for us, uh, while not vacating us from trials, is to make us faithful in trials. And he, he procures our safety. Uh, and if you attach that to the danger of uh, the end-time presence of apostates, uh, that come into the church. I mean, uh, we, we know false teachers are everywhere and false religions, and I understand that. You understand that, but uh, we need to grapple with the fact they've come into the church, and that's really why Jude is writing, uh, because uh, the apostates have come into the church and gained a presence, gained a lodgment uh, from which to uh, cause many to fall away, uh, to lead many astray, uh, to go with them, to follow them. Uh, and of course, uh, to make people ill-equipped uh, as the apostasy intensifies. And the New Testament teaches us that, that the apostasy will intensify uh, in the age in which we are living. Uh, and so, uh, how will we make it? Uh, what, is, uh, what is our safety uh, in this context that many are slipping away? Uh, well, what is to become of us? Uh, and the answer is in our text this morning. 
it reminds me of a, of a great uh, church hymn, uh, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Uh, the, uh, the author, uh, Robert Robinson, uh, wrote the, the hymn in 1758. Uh, the uh, reason for the hymn was uh, what he uh, read from Samuel, 1 Samuel 7:12, in which Samuel raises a, a stone as a monument, uh, saying, uh, "Hitherto has the Lord helped us. The Lord is our help." And from that, from that word, the Hebrew, we have Ebenezer. God is our Ebenezer. God is our help. Uh, and so he writes this uh, hymn uh, that is a beautiful uh, prayer: uh, "Come, thou fount of every blessing." Uh, and, and part of uh, the summons for God to come as the fount of every blessing uh, is, is in one of the lines, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. And false teachers, of course, cause us to wander. And so we do live in an incredibly dangerous age. And uh, there are many that are slipping. And what is to become of us? Uh, or perhaps we might say, what are we to do? Well, there's an example of that, is there not in Christ? A, a triumphal entry, he goes to a time of great danger, and he casts his uh, help upon God. Uh, he, he says, God, thy will be done. God helps him, and uh, our Savior goes through the trial. Uh, and, and that is something uh, of a lodestone for us in the message of the book of Jude. Uh, so, uh, Jude, like our Savior, uh, Jude, like uh, the author of the hymn, Robert Robinson, uh, turns to God uh, because he's the answer as to what is to become of us. Uh, he is the answer as to what we're to do. Uh, it's a great answer. Uh, uh, Jude uh, repairs to God, and God is praised for his ability to keep us and to secure us uh, and to make safe uh, our place in everlasting time in eternity. And God is also praised for his eternal perfections. Uh, but let's, if you will, dissect the praise. Uh, Jude repairs to God as he should. In dangerous times, that is where all of us go. He is our help. We repair to God. Uh, would that our nation uh, was repairing to God in this time. Uh, but God's people must repair to God in this time. And uh, God is, uh, is going to be praised in uh, the text uh, for making us safe. Uh, let's look at it. Verse 24, Jude. Uh, now to him who is able. Uh, it is a uh, reminder of the greatness of God that God is able. Uh, It's a beautiful reminder because one thing every Christian knows is that we are not able in and of ourselves. In fact, we have been rendered unable by the fall of Adam. Uh, and so we repair to one who, who is able. So we praise God because the ability is not ours. It comes from the great God of heaven. And we repair to God because all of us instinctively knows what uh, the hymn reminds us of that we are capable of slipping and falling uh, into apostasy. Uh, but God does not fall. Nothing can topple God. 
He's immutable, he's omnipotent, he's merciful, he is true to his word to keep his own. And that is our text. He is able. He is able to keep his own. Love uh, the beauty of the words of, of uh, the scripture, our Lord, John chapter 10, verse 29. Uh, My Father who has given them to me, he's speaking of his people, uh, that he's going to purchase. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able. Those words, they're haunting in their beauty. No one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. If anyone was, we would have really no substantive call to praise God. But the moment we turn our hearts and our affections to the ability of God, and we focus upon Him, praise ought to erupt from our hearts because He is able to protect and to keep and to preserve us. And no one else is able uh, to get at us because they cannot get through God. And so God is able and God is worthy uh, of our praise. Uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful text. It's why Jude repairs to parallel theology. Uh, and uh, he, is, he is praised first in this text uh, for his ability to keep us from stumbling. Think of it in terms of the incredible danger that false teachers bring into the church. How can we survive? How can we make it? All of us know instinctively that there are churches that have turned away from the truth, denying great signal doctrines of the faith. What can keep us safe? If so many can turn away, what can keep us from turning? And again, the answer of Jude is God who is able to keep us from stumbling, uh, keep us from falling. Uh, this, uh, this construction of the divine ability is, uh, is found in two other great doxologies of, of the scriptures. Uh, parallel to the doxology of the praise here in Jude 24 and 25. Romans 16, 25. Now to him who is able. To him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. That's what fixes us. That's what establishes us. Uh, The second construction, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Now to him who is able. The beauty of those words indeed is so haunting. They capture our reverence, our affection, our love, and our praise. Not to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we ask or think according to the power, the power that works within us. That an alien power has invaded our souls. It is at work within us to keep us. And so the Apostle Paul, Jude, are praising God for his ability. All of us should do so. Now, even in this great holy week of the divine ability that uh, makes us safe, it's going to secure us. But again, notice uh, in, in, in our text uh, that he's able to uh, make us permanently safe. Permanence is uh, a word that you must be very careful applying to so many things. What is permanent? 
Well, prophet Isaiah tells us the word of God is permanent. And his protection over us is permanent. The reason we praise him. Uh, Beautiful illustration of this uh, from the Apostle Paul. uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, You know this is Paul's last epistle. Uh, You know that uh, Paul uh, is writing his young uh, legate who is uh, wavering uh, because of dangerous times. Uh, Listen to Paul's words to young Timothy. I know in whom I have believed, and I am convinced, Paul says, that he is able to guard what I've entrusted to him until that day. That the Apostle Paul has trusted God with his eternal salvation and resurrection, his entrance into glory, and he's proclaiming the ability of God to protect him in dangerous times and see him from beginning to end. The majesty of God. That's why we praise God uh, in dangerous times. Uh, Well, again, two things here. uh, Returning back to Jude, uh, he's able to keep us from stumbling. Again, think of the context. Many are stumbling. We don't have time to go through uh, earlier verses in the Scripture, but there's a long litany of those who have stumbled. Who can keep us? Only God can keep us from stumbling. Uh, the, uh, the Hebrew uh, uh, cognate of the word to keep is uh, found six times in Psalm 121. Uh, listen to a couple of the verses. Verse 7, The Lord will protect you from all evil. Uh, he will keep your soul. That is a grand promise. Uh, it's, it's a haunting promise, if you will. That evil is about us, uh, surrounds us, uh, but God is able to keep our soul. Verse 8, the Lord will guard your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forever. Uh, you know the latter is, is a merism from this time forth to forever, uh, but the psalmist means everything in between. Every, every Danger in between, including false teachers, including apostates who come into the church. Uh, dangers everywhere. And many are slipping away. Many have already fallen away. Uh, but not so those whom Christ procures upon the cross. Uh, they are kept. And so uh, the psalmist says, from this time forth and forever, from now to the end, God guards his people. And the forces of evil cannot get at us. Uh, Now again, I remind you that doesn't apply to a virus. We live in a fallen world. That includes uh, illness and danger. That includes a virus that uh, may come to any one of our lives. But the virus cannot get our soul uh, because God protects our souls from evil from now and forever. That's the point of this uh, great praise, this great Uh, doxology in Jude, uh, makes us safe. We don't slip. Why? Because we're sure-footed? No, because God makes us able. Uh, uh, The uh, picture of this is uh, captured a couple other psalms. 
Psalm 66, verse 9, who keeps us in life and does not allow our feet to slip. The ability of God, the majesty of God, who does not allow our feet to slip. Again, returning back to Psalm 121. He will not allow your foot to slip. He who keeps you will not uh, slumber. God guards us. He doesn't sleep. And the majesty of our God, he has no need for rest. If he did, he wouldn't be God. Goes without saying, obviously. But the point is what that means. And what that means is uh, he does not give our feet to slip. So he keeps us from stumbling. Majesty of our God. Uh, it's important because uh, there are other texts in Scripture that speak to incredible danger. Deuteronomy 32:35 is one of my favorite. In due time, Moses says, their feet will slip. A uh, man comes upon the scene, he thinks he's proud and strong and uh, mighty, uh, and uh, he thinks he's the captain of his own salvation. Moses tells us otherwise. Moses says, in due time, their feet will slip. That's why our repairing to God like Jude is so incredibly pronounced and important. Because in due time, our feet will not slip because of God who guards us and who protects us. Beautiful picture of this uh, captured for us in another psalm, Psalm 73. Uh, the psalmist is in uh, theological trouble. Listen to his word. But as for me, Psalm 73, 2, as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. What, what kept him upright? What kept him falling into the camp of the enemy? Well, of course, you and I know the answer. Uh, Psalm 73, verse 23, Nevertheless, I am continually with me. Thou hast taken hold of my right hand. With thy counsel, thou wilt guide me, and afterwards receive me to glory. He's proclaiming the theology of Jude, that God is able to keep him. He came close, but God kept him and guarded him, stumbling. It's the danger... It's the promise. The danger in the promise. Great danger in the context of Jude, but a majestic promise. The ability of God to keep us from stumbling. That's the difference. The difference is God, who is able. Uh, the, uh, the parallel uh, to God, who is able to keep us from stumbling, is... Uh, just as remarkable and just as beautiful. And to make you to stand in the presence of His glory, blameless with great joy. In other words, we go through times of danger, God keeps us from stumbling, and then He brings us to the end, and we stand blameless uh, before His presence, great glory. An incredible promise. Uh, you and I know that there are many Protestant denominations and other denominations that believe that uh, uh, Christians can stumble and fall away. That can have the prize and then lose it. 
Perhaps they've forgotten the ability of God and the omnipresence of God with his people. Uh, the ability of God to keep them safe and to keep them stumbling. The majesty of God. He's able to make us to stand blameless in the presence of his glory. That we come through to the end intact, complete, whole. And the marvels of the grace of God, blameless, if you will, perfect, blameless. Again, what a haunting word that should provoke us to praise God. Why is it? Because none of us are blameless. We're all guilty. We're guilty of the sin of Adam. We're guilty of personal sin. None of us are blameless. We are blameworthy, but we are rendered by the ability of God to make us blameless. Think of that. Rendered without blame. Uh, this word is uh, used in the Old Testament of the uh, animals uh, that were brought to the sacrifice. There were uh, without spot or blemish. It is uh, used of our Savior in First Peter one nineteen. A lamb without blemish, no spot, uh, no imperfections, and that's how we're rendered at the end of times, uh, blameless. Uh, what's the cause of that? I mean, all of us know that uh, we are blameworthy. Uh, what what can make us blameless? Well, again. Uh, certainly the ability of God, but the majesty of God, the grace of God. Uh, listen to the words of uh, the Apostle Paul, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4. Uh, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and blameless before him. We're rendered blameless because of divine election that sets it all in motion. Uh, the, the, the benefits of our salvation procured by Christ. We're the elect of God. And therefore, we're going to be made blameless because he has chosen us before the foundation of the world. Incredible grace. That's why we praise God. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 27, Christ, with respect to his love of his church, his bride, that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle, or any such thing, but that she should be holy and blameless. That's what Christ makes of us. Attached, of course, to the cross in eternity past to divine election. Uh, a bride, beauty, no spot or blemish uh, or wrinkle. Uh, he will make us blameless. Majesty of God. Of course, I do remind you as a Christian, you have a duty to persevere in the faith. You have a duty to turn away from false teachers. You have a duty to understand what false teaching is. You have a duty to know that they will come into the church and try to uh, wreak havoc. Uh, we also have a duty to be kind and gracious and very difficult to juggle those things. But again, truth uh, is our protector and we must preserve it. Uh, uh, but nevertheless, uh, beyond that is the majesty of God that keeps and preserves us. That God is the difference. His presence will make us so. 
Our duty is to be careful of slipping. We live in a slippery world. Uh, but God upholds us by his right hand and uh, guides and leads us. That's why we praise him. So God is able to keep us from stumbling. Uh, God is able to make us to stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. Uh, summons to uh, praise God, which is what Jude is, is doing. Uh, now to him, he's praising God, who is able the divine ability. The uh, second reason in our text to praise God is God is the only Savior. Uh, Notice verse 25, uh, to the only God our Savior. Only he is able. That's why he's called Savior, because God is able. It's also an attestation of the divine uniqueness. Only God is unique. And I remind you that all other gods will fail. You can draw near to them. uh, You will hope in them. You can pray to them. You can give to them. But in due time, you will slip. Only God. Only God is able. And uh, only God is solitary in his perfections. If you're not a Christian... This is a summons to come. Every other place is a place of danger. Uh, forget your feelings. Understand the theology. You're in a place of danger. Uh, all other gods will fail. There's only one. Our God is unique. Uh, notice his agent here. Now, the beauty of Christ. Holy week. Triumphal entry. Crucifixion, resurrection. To the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord. His agent through Jesus Christ. Uh, we must never forget that. That Christ uh, renders upon the cross a sacrifice of infinite value and uh, procures for us safety. Uh, and our own instate is blameless. Let me turn uh, you to another text. Uh, namely, first verse of Jude. Jude writes of us uh, to those who are the called, the eternal call of God, the Spirit of God who goes to the elect and draws them to Jesus Christ. Notice, notice how Jude describes us. Beloved in God the Father. No other reason that God would love us uh, other than His sovereign grace, uh, His mercy uh, to His people. Uh, the uh, the word beloved is a, a participle. Uh, it is a uh, Greek text, a perfect passive participle. It speaks to action in past time, completed action, continuing results to the present. So we are beloved of God. Incredible that God loves us from eternity past into the into the present. Now, the perfect tense doesn't really speak to the future, but Jude 24 and verse 25 does. The theology speaks to the future. And throughout all times, we should know that we're beloved of God. An element, if you will, to keep us safe, to remind us that there's one who loves us, who can never forget us, never depart from us. If he loved us in eternity past for no other reason than the sovereignty of his will, then he will love us throughout time and see us... uh, 
into eternity where he will love us as well. Without any abatement, without any withdrawing or change in degree, the love of God. Incredible. It's a reason we praise God. But notice again, beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. Now again, those are haunting words. Uh, kept for Jesus Christ. Again, it's a perfect passive participle. Now, I prefer a different translation kept by Jesus Christ. One of the elements of our procurement upon the cross is uh, we're going to be kept for Christ. We're kept for him to be sure. We're kept in him to be sure. And we're also kept by him. Uh, his protection through the great spirit of God abides with us continually. And we're always kept. And that's why Jude uh, begins with the work of God the Father and God the Son and uh, his final doxology, uh, through Jesus Christ, uh, kept. I love that word, kept. Uh, it's true in our duty as Christians were to keep. But all of us know that we keep everything imperfectly, and therefore there resides with us one who keeps all things perfectly uh, with, with all duration and time, with no withdrawal, the keeping power of Jesus Christ. Uh, we keep because we are being kept. If the one who keeps us were ever withdrawn, none of us would keep anything. We would all fall away. The apostates would own us. And in due time, uh, our, our feet would slip as well. Reason to praise God. That's what Jude is doing to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. God is, God is then praised for his perfections. Uh, and so Jude said, Jude says uh, to this God, be glory, uh, the highest honor. Uh, it all goes to God. Uh, we live in a culture hungry for glory. There's 10,000 halls of fame. Everyone's trying to get in one of them. But the ultimate hall of fame, of course, is the majesty and the glory of God. There is really no other. Uh, he alone possesses infinite, eternal, immutable, everlasting glory. Uh, with no shadow whatsoever, no imperfections, the glory of God. Uh, and we go to him because he is keeping us. He's praised for his majesty. God is transcendent. Again, this is the God who who is going to keep us, his majesty, his power, his dominion, his authority. It's universal. He has universal dominion. Think about that. He even has dominion over the apostates. Incredible. And that's why we're kept. They cannot get at us. They have no voice strong enough. We hear the word of the Savior. Uh, the forces and the power of deceptions are subservient to him. Thank God that they are. None of us would make us. Uh, they cannot get by him. That reminds me again, returning to uh, the hymn, Robinson, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Now, one of the lines, Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it. Mount of thy redeeming love. Fixed. Fixed. And so again, uh, the, the prayer of Robinson, Here's my heart, O take and seal it. 
seal it for thy courts above. Uh, which is the point of Jude. He, he takes our heart, he seals it for his courts above. The majesty of God. Uh, his ability to keep, uh, preserve and protect. Uh, that he's the only God. Uh, he's praised for his perfections. Uh, and lastly, he's praised, uh, and there's a statement uh, that closes with a reference uh, to time. Before all time and now and forever, amen. Uh, this is the past, present, and the future. Uh, I reminded you earlier that the perfect tense doesn't really speak of the future. Well, no, it doesn't, but theology does, and here's the theology. Before all time, and now, and forever. We are sealed forever by the majesty, the power of God, who is able, uh, who is worthy of praise, who is the only God, uh, who is uh, perfect in all of his majesty. Uh, and again, he controls all of time. Uh, and we are kept in time, throughout time, for the end of time. Uh, so, this is something of what Christ procures upon the cross. Uh, our, our safety. And because he renders a price of a perfect infinite value, he, he procures our safety and our, our protection, uh, for glory, uh, for keeping safe. Uh, and that's why we will come to the end. And that's why our salvation braces past, present, and future. And forever, uh, Jude says. Uh, beautiful reminder. Uh, because of Christ. Because we're beloved in God the Father and kept by Christ. Uh, preserved to be presented to glory. Uh, I'd like to close with, uh, uh, with a final element of, uh, uh, the prayer of uh, Robinson in his hymn, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Because it's a beautiful prayer. It's not really in our, in our hymnal, but it is a part of, of uh, his original hymn. Come, my Lord, no longer tarry. Take my ransomed soul away. Send thine angels now to carry me to realms of endless day. That's Jude 23 and 24. That's Jude 1. That's the great shepherd of the sheep. That's all of Scripture and the beauty and the majesty of the salvation of God's people, now and forever. Let's close in prayer. Our Father, for the great and only God, we give thee thanksgiving. Because we are truly blessed, and Jude has uh, so reminded us. And we, we pause to praise the greatness of thy name, for the gift of the Savior, that he purchased us and everything that we needed to come through a dangerous time, made safe by the power of God, kept by the power of God. I pray all the more that by thy great spirit thou wouldst energize us in an evil day to persevere, to keep, knowing that we are kept, kept by God. Uh, now, Lord, if there be any uh, here who know not this great and only God, uh, may thy spirit lay their hearts bare, uh, cause them to see that in any time, in the providence and sovereignty of God, their foot can slip and they can fall away forever, never to be recovered. 
and in that time of danger, cause them to flee to Christ, the greatness of the Savior, the hope of the gospel, the one who was ransomed for his people to make us safe and to procure our safety in this dangerous world. And God give them no rest or peace until they come to know him who is eternal rest and eternal peace, and we might add everlasting safety in a dangerous time. Well, we're grateful that you could be with us in this uh, great outset of Holy Week. And I trust throughout the week that you will uh, ponder the majesty of God, uh, all that he's done for you in Jesus Christ. Uh, I'd like to conclude uh, with uh, another great benediction, uh, the author of the book of Hebrews, uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 13. And verses 20 and 21. Now the God of peace who brought up from the dead the great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the eternal covenant, even Jesus our Lord, equip you in every good thing to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen.